This is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror and comics help us explore our humanity. This is Sci-Fi Talk Weekly, for March 2nd, 2023. Thank you for that nice introduction. You're welcome, Tony. So I will have my AI buddies with me again on this episode, like Kirsten. Thank you, Tony. So my audience spoke and I listened. So what did they say? Well, that they like having podcasts available every day, so I'm back and the experiment is over. Oh, good. I didn't think it would have worked anyway. All right. Well, thanks for the vote of confidence. Do you want to uh, kick off our first news story? Yes, of course. Doug Bradley will play Joe Chill in Gotham Knights CW series. You know who he played before? Yes. He was Pinhead in the Hellraiser movies. You AIs are so smart, even though there is a human being behind you. Yes, we are. Shall I continue? Yes, of course. Please continue. Don't mind me. I'm just a human in the room. According to Variety, Bradley will appear in Episode 6 of Gotham Knights as Joe Chill, one of DC Comics' most notorious villains known for cruelly killing Bruce Wayne's parents. After 50 years of rotting on death row, Joe Chill is scheduled to be executed. However, Gotham's infamous patron saint of bad guys isn't about to let his secrets die with him. When casting the iconic role of Joe Chill, arguably the man who created Batman, there was only one name we considered, Doug Bradley. We needed an actor with the kind of gravitas that would do justice to such a seminal character in DC Comics canon, said series co-creators Chad Fivash, James Stoto and Natalie Abrams in a statement. And who better to embody the role of the classic Gotham fiend than the man whose legendary portrayal of another classic fiend, Pinhead in the Hellraiser franchise, continues to terrify generations of horror fans? More at Variety.com. Thanks for that. And should we break here? Yes, let's. Sci-Fi Talk will return in a moment. Now James has news on the Umbrella Academy. Yes, the Umbrella Academy has added some new cast for Season 4. The fourth and final season of the Umbrella Academy, at Netflix has added Nick Offerman, Megan Mullally, and David Cross to its cast, Variety has learned it. It was announced in August 2022 that the hit series would be wrapping up with its fourth season. Offerman, The Last of Us, Parks and Recreation and Mullally will and Grace, Party Down, who are married in real life will star as Drs. Jean and Jean Thibdo. The characters are described as a married pair of community college professors from New Mexico, who wear sensible footwear and suffer from the most extreme case of deja vu this timeline has ever seen. Cross, Arrested Development, Mr. Show, will play Cy Grossman, described as an upstanding, shy business owner and family man desperate to reconnect with his estranged daughter, who will stop at nothing to get her back. More at Variety.com. And here is Kayla with the Mandalorian premiere recap from Deadline. There might be some spoilers. You might want to pass this. Thanks, Tony. Disney's The Mandalorian returns with its tried-and-true formula of breezy action sequences, laced with Star Wars lore, and after-battle scenes involving bullying pirates, asteroid-field spaceship chases, and a really big alligator at what looks to be Lake Powell, Utah where the first Planet of the Apes was shot, we get some answers on the danglers left hanging since last season. However, in this finale, what's intriguing is that Bo-Katan isn't even challenging Din to a fight over the Darksaber. 
That's odd, considering she was hellbent on getting it from Gideon last season. More of the recap at Deadline.com. Thanks, Kayla. Here is Penelope with news on the Flash movie based on the comic and the animated film Flashpoint. Yes, Tony, Collider has a story on Supergirl's dark path in the Flash movie. The film is heavily based on the Flashpoint miniseries by Jeff Johns and Andy Kubert, which also featured Flash racing to change a timeline he created. And while the broad strokes remain the same, there are plenty of changes to said story. One of the biggest changes involves Supergirl's role in the story, particularly as that role was intended for her cousin Superman. And it may be one of the darkest Superman stories ever put on the comic book page. It looks as though Supergirl will take her cousin Superman's place in the Flashpoint story, as brief glimpses show her locked in a cell with the Flash approaching her. Superman's fate remains unknown but it doesn't seem like the Man of Steel survived in this reality. But unlike Flashpoint, she seems to have control over her powers, saving Barry and Batman from being murdered by General Zod's forces. And it's clear that she doesn't have any love for the General, as she joins Barry in his quest to fix the world. More at Collider.com Axel reports on a story on Angela Bassett. Thanks, Tony. Deadline has a story on Angela Bassett and her role in Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Thirty years after her first Oscar nomination for her portrayal of Tina Turner in What's Love Got to Do With It, Angela Bassett is once again a contender. But this nod, for her heart-wrenching turn in Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, feels different. I was just shell-shocked last time, Bassett says. It's still very exciting. But last time, it was just mind-blowing. Her second nomination is no less meaningful, it's the first performance in a Marvel movie to be recognized by the Academy. Bassett talks about the historical and emotional nature of Wakanda forever and finding the marrow in everything she does. More at Deadline.com 30 years, it's criminal that she wasn't nominated again. In the gaming world, Andrew has news on Resident Evil 4 trailer. Thanks, Tony. Bleeding Cool reports that during the recent State of Play livestream from Sony, Capcom revealed a ton of new content coming to the remake of Resident Evil 4. The latest video shows off the continuing adventures of Leon S. Kennedy, as we get to see him traverse multiple new locations, have a battle of words with Jack Krauser, run as fast as he can with Ashley, and a ton of major reveals, showing off how they have remastered the game in many ways. We also got confirmation they will be bringing back the Mercenaries mode as free DLC after it launches, and that we'll be getting a free demo shortly. You can read the notes from the team and check out the trailer for everything revealed today, as the game will be released on March 24, 2023 at bleedingcool.com. Sci-Fi Talk returns in a moment. Thanks for that, DC's first movie of the year is Shazam! Fury of the Gods. And here is Klaus. Variety has news on the second Shazam movie. Helen Mirren is already a staple of one Hollywood mega-franchise thanks to her role as Magdalene Queenie Elmanson Shaw in the Fast and Furious franchise, and she's about to get another studio tentpole with the upcoming release of Shazam Fury of the Gods. Mirren stars as the villainous Hespera, one of the daughters of Atlas. 
who joins forces with her sister Lucy Lou's Calypso to locate a world-ending weapon. Mirren loved making the film, but don't ask her about the story. Don't ask me about the plot, it's too complicated, Mirren said during an interview on the Graham Norton show via Insider. Lucy Liu and I are angry goddesses wearing unbelievably heavy costumes. It was very hot and uncomfortable and, in fact, Lucy said at the end of the first day shooting, they are trying to kill us, in all seriousness. More at Variety.com. Look for Shazam! Fury of the Gods on St. Patrick's Day, March 17th. First DC movie of the year, the big one anyway. Back to the Future is coming to Broadway, as the trilogy producer Bob Gale told me a few years ago. And the cast has found its Marty McFly. Mirai reports. Deadline reports that Casey Likes is now going to playing Marty McFly on Broadway. Previews of Back to the Future begin Friday, 30th June, at Broadway's Winter Garden Theatre, with an opening night on Thursday, 3rd August. Also in the cast is Hugh Coles as George McFly, who, like Roger Bart, who is Doc Brown, are reprising their roles from the original West End production. This is Mirai. I like to feature excerpts from books, especially from Tor.com, because they publish them all the time. And here is an excerpt from Lucha of the Night Forest, or as Olivia says, Luca, but I think it's uh, Lucha. And the author is Taylor K. Mejia. And here is Olivia with that excerpt. A scorned god. A mysterious acolyte. A forgetting drug. A dangerous forest. One girl caught between the freedom she always wanted and a sister she can't bear to leave behind. Under the cover of the night forest, will Lucker be able to step into her own power, or will she be consumed by it? It wasn't until she reached the quiet of the road west that Lucker let herself feel the weight of all that had befallen her today. The empty house. The streak of good days broken, the cycle reset again. How many times had Lucker relaxed? Let the burden of care fall from her shoulders. Thought of the future in a tenuous, hopeful way. There's more on this and other excerpts at Tor.com. So what is the podcast for tomorrow? Oh, it's Mark Hadley, the composer of a film called Linoleum. Is that about an outdated floor covering? No, it's about chasing your dreams and love, too. Sounds interesting. I hated linoleum, the floor covering. It, it tended to have air pockets and it would kind of, it, you, you could step the wrong way and fall. Anyway, here is a sample. Given that music is really an expression of emotion at its core, I have always found that I do my best work when I can express myself as authentically as possible. So when something really resonates with me, uh, I find that that's kind of the most effective art that I can produce as far as how it will resonate with others as well. Mm -hmm. What the track I heard, two things kind of touched me. I, I heard love and, and also really what, 
Jim Gaffigan's character really is about. Uh, he's a dreamer. As much as anything, he is. He, this is his dream to go into space. So, and it's amazing that the music captured that, but it was such a, a lovely melody. You saw his love for his wife and vice versa. And you also saw that he is essentially dreaming is in his DNA. Absolutely. I mean, dreaming, the whole concept of dream and love and memory uh, was fundamental to everything that I tried to write for this film. It was all these things were uh, part of the conversation with writer and director Colin West from the very onset of the project and was something that I continue to come back to as the DNA for all the music that I wrote for this film. Will I dream? I'm sure you will dream, as uh, any AI might. You're not sentient, but maybe a version of you might dream someday. And that will be available this Friday, manana. But enough with the movie lines. You know, you have this British female HAL 9000 thing going on. I'm sorry, Dave. Okay, take us out. I opened that door, didn't I? Ha ha ha. This has been Sci-Fi Talk Weekly with me, Kirsten. And Tony Tolado. We have to talk about the billing. Cue Larry Cardarelli's theme, and we'll see you all next week on Weekly.